is going to find some mums in the room, of which there are quite a lot, of all ages. And um, he's going to ask, I want you to answer a question. The first question is this. How did you feel when you first knew you were pregnant, perhaps with your first child? Anyone brave enough to answer that? Yep. Oh, several. There we go. It was an answer to prayer, especially when I found out it was twins. Wow. Ah, okay. Answer to prayer, particularly when you knew it was twins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was really pleased when I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. Really pleased. Kathy? Joyful. Really Thankful. joyful. It probably, uh, I was probably a little bit doubtful once um, it all happened, but... I'm so thankful. <laughs> Can I say, don't go into the medical details for Tom, okay? Um, mine was a little bit complicated because I was halfway through a degree, so I was a bit unnerved, but 25 years later, it's all come, kids. <laughs> okay, so... Very excited, but very sick. <laughs> very sick, okay. And my second question is, did your feelings change over the nine months of waiting? That may be a slightly more difficult question. Yeah, I think I became much more aware of the responsibility of it all, um, but the excitement was huge, huge. So there was still the excitement going through, but perhaps thinking as you got bigger, this is real, this is going to happen. I think just the love grew more. I just fell more in love with the baby. The more and okay, more. yeah. And that's something that is given to you, isn't it? Yeah. I think the day we came home from the hospital and sat on the sofa in the living room with two little babies in front of us, and we were like, oh, my days, what have we done? <laughs> How are we going to cope with these? Yeah. Just wanting to get a lot of things done before it happened. Yes, yes, and that's a natural instinct as well, isn't it? To sort yourself out. Thank you. Lovely. Yep, brilliant. Okay, so... We are going to uh, look, um, we're going to have the um, reading dramatised on the screen today. We're going to look at the meeting of two women who are both pregnant with their first child. And both know that their babies are very, very special. Now, we know that every baby is special, don't we? But these two are very, very special. Elizabeth... The older woman has for so many years been disappointed, ashamed, disgraced, called barren by her community. And in her society as a woman, you only really have one thing to do, and that is to get married and have children, especially sons. And if you don't do that, you are considered fairly useless, someone to be pitied. And now Elizabeth and her son and her husband Zechariah are suddenly expecting a baby when they thought they were too old. And not only that, this baby seems to be a special gift from God, a child with a special part in God's plan of salvation. And the other person in this scene is Mary. Elizabeth's young cousin or niece, we're not sure what the relationship was, and she's probably just a teenager. She has just discovered that she is pregnant 
in totally unexpected circumstances. An angel has said that her baby is going to be God's own son. She possibly comes to visit Elizabeth in disgrace with her family, thinking she might lose her fiancé, unsure about her future, not knowing how this will work out for her and for her baby. So let's see what happens when they meet on the screen. Is there any sound? It would be good to have the sound if we could. Thank you. I was going to say I could read it if you is it going to take a a while to sort it yeah okay Not as good as the screen, but we might get the screen back. So, uh... Okay, this is the meeting that we want to concentrate on. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, The baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. Thanks be to God. So, I love this scene in the Bible um, because not only does it feature my namesake, Elizabeth, but it is also a glimpse, a very rare glimpse, of the often hidden world of women. The lives and concerns of women are often lost and hidden in history and in the Bible and for many centuries in the church to our great great shame. Something's happening. Um, I was thinking um, while I was watching Noah being baptised that we, we lose a layer of meaning in this story because we don't understand Hebrew and we don't get the significance of the names in this story. Um, as we were watching Noah being um, baptised and named, I was also looking at this Emmanuel, which means God with us, one of the names for Jesus. And I was thinking that there's a level of understanding in these Christmas stories that we don't get because we don't understand the names. Now, I happen to know, because it's my name, that Elizabeth means God is my oath or God is my promise. And God honoured that promise to Elizabeth in this story. Does anyone know what Mary means? Beloved. Beloved. Jesus means God saves. Yeah. John, the baby that was given to Elizabeth. Gift of God. Gift of God. And what does Noah mean? Do you know what Noah means? It's um, such an old name in the Bible that they're not entirely sure, but the most likely meaning is comfort. And I hope Noah is a comfort to you because um, having heard how, um, what a blessing he was to be born, I hope he's a comfort to you. So there's something going on here where God is fulfilling his promises. And we see Elizabeth and Mary meeting. Now, if we had seen the screen, we would have seen that um, when they meet um, on the, uh, the film, it's quite sort of formal and decorous, really. But I'm guessing that it probably really wasn't like that. Um, because this is all about joy, this meeting. Overflowing, overwhelming joy. Um, And it's more than the joy of just meeting a friend or a relative after a long time. Um, Elizabeth, of course, you would expect to be joyful. She's six months pregnant with a child she has longed for for so long. But Mary? Would Mary be joyful? Something remarkable has happened to Mary. In the previous encounter that Luke records, when she meets the angel, we are told she is fearful, she is anxious, she is troubled, she is bewildered. 
And then she is finally accepting. We don't know the tone of voice in which she finally said yes to what God was asking of her. Luke says, she said, may it be to me as you have said. But it might have been more like this. I want to serve God. Big breath, big gulp. Okay then, Lord. And after the angel left, there was probably another scene that isn't recorded in the Bible that went something like this. Mum and Dad, I'm pregnant. No, Joseph isn't the father. You see, I met this angel. Can you imagine that difficult conversation? And it is possible that she has been sent to her cousin Elizabeth because she was sent off in disgrace while her parents and Joseph worked out what to do. Yet here we see her, Mary, bubbling over with joy. You know when um, two male friends meet after a long time, they do this sort of slap on the back, possibly bear hug thing, and slightly lame joke to cover their emotions, you know that sort of thing? What happens when two women meet after a long time, two friends or relatives? Well, in my experience, they jump up and down and squeal a lot. And I'm guessing that that is what happened in this scene. And there's a lovely little detail here of baby John leaping for joy in the womb. And I think, I think I'm right in saying about five or six months is about the time they start to do that. Am I right? Yeah. So Luke, who was a doctor by trade, seems to have got that right. So lots and lots of joy Where has that joy come from? Well, I think there's two indications in this passage. Elizabeth's baby leaps for joy at the presence of Jesus. And we are also told that both Elizabeth and Mary are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think that points out the differences between happiness and joy. I just met a lady in the first service, actually, who who said that her name, which um, was a Greek name, meant happiness. Fancy being called happiness. But interestingly, um, happiness doesn't appear much in the Bible. Because God doesn't promise us happiness, so that word is not used Um, In fact, the Greek word for happiness doesn't appear in the New Testament. God doesn't promise us necessarily happiness. He does promise us joy. And there's a difference, obviously, between happiness and joy. Happiness depends on our circumstances, whether our football team wins or not. But joy is there despite our circumstances. Happiness can be short-lived, but joy should be a constant part of our life. And it goes 
both through life and through death to beyond. Happiness is something that is based on relationships that can change. But joy is based on our love relationship with God, which will never change. Eternity and, or heaven is full of joy because we will always be in God's presence. And we can get glimpses of that joy in this life now. So one of the Christmas adverts this year starts like this. Britain, there is a joy shortage. I think it's for Tesco, because they then go on to say, if you buy excess food for Christmas, you will fill that joy gap in your life. Do you feel that's true? Is there a joy shortage? I think that's probably true in our country at the moment. Is there a joy shortage in the church? Is there a joy shortage in your life? So, a few tips from the Bible on cultivating joy in our lives. As we have seen in this passage, the presence of God, the presence of Jesus, brings a response of joy. The psalmist says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Jesus says he wants to share his joy with his disciples, and that includes us. Jesus wants to share his joy with you. So the more time we spend with God, praising him, thanking him, focusing on our relationship with him and all he is doing, and not on the world around us, which can suck the joy out of us, the more we focus on God, the more deep down joy we will know. Because being with God changes your perspective of the world around us and our feelings about it. I think we all know that really, but we just find it quite difficult to do. And we can ask for joy. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete, says Jesus. One of the things that gives most joy to us is seeing God answering our prayers. Ask him to share his joy with you. And finally, even if you think of yourself as an Eeyore sort of person, I don't really do joy, or even I'm far too British for joy. If you are a Christian and receive the Holy Spirit, joy is already part of the package. As both Mary and Elizabeth found, the Holy Spirit in us brings joy. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, say, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace. That means that God has already planted his seed of the Spirit in us in you and in me. And one of the buds that will grow from that seed and flower in us is joy. 
So if you don't think that that is showing up much in your life at the moment, ask God to bring it on. And can I say that joy isn't always jumping up and down joy. There is a quiet joy as well. A joy that is based on contentment or deep down certainty about your relationship with God. A joy that is related to peace. Somebody once said, uh, um, peace is joy resting and joy is peace dancing. All right, so there's a relationship between the peace that we can know, that deep peace and joy. Okay, I think we'll bring this to an end. Uh, is there any sound from now on? Okay, well, um, let's, let's just hold for a moment. Um, if you can find the, the second video that we were going to have. Okay, what happens to Mary when she is filled with this joy is that she starts to prophetically sing. And what we have is a song of prophecy in the second half of this passage. And we sometimes call that the Magnificat. Now we're going to um, hopefully see and hear it on the screen. And then we're going to stand up and sing it. And this is a song where Mary is given a really a vision of what is going to happen to the world because of the baby that is in her womb. Um, everything is going to be turned upside down. It's going to be a world, a new world, where rich rulers are toppled, the proud are overthrown, the hungry filled with good things, and the humble lifted up. A whole different kind of kingdom, a whole new world order. And what Mary particularly exalts in and rejoices in is that God is going to do this, these extraordinary things through ordinary people. A teenager called Mary, a middle-aged couple called Zechariah and Elizabeth, a small-town carpenter named Joseph. It's the son who is going to be born to Mary who is going to change everything, change the world. So I think my final question this morning is, do you want to be part of that? Do you want to be part of God's plan of salvation, God's plan to turn the world upside down to build a new and better world? Because what we are watching, what we are celebrating at Christmas is not over yet. God is still working on it. He, we can still sign up and say yes, as Mary did. He is still looking for ordinary people who, filled with his love and his spirit, will be able to do extraordinary things. So we're going to hopefully see Mary's, <laughs> see Mary singing her song 
And then we are going to stand up and sing that song in a different version at the end of our service.
My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Lord, we want to be able to say that with Mary. That we lift your name up high. We know you as the joy bringer in our lives. Lord, would you fill us with your joy. Fill us with your spirit. And help us to magnify your name. Amen. So would you like to stand and we are going to sing yet another version of